Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6. I'm betting that at least parts of it will sound familiar to a lot of you. Maybe not all of it, but at least part of it will be familiar. These are the words Jesus speaks in part of the Sermon on the Mount. Follow along with me as we read beginning at Matthew 6 verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, last week, we began to look at a few issues that could become barriers to our own discipleship. Things we can all struggle with at times. Issues that can impact the journey of our discipleship in the Lord Jesus. Last week, we looked at doubt and considered how we might be able to hang on during doubt and ultimately move beyond it by the power and love of God. Today, as we consider another potential barrier in our discipleship journey, let's think about the topic of worry. Worry. Some of you are thinking, I'm not really that much of a worrier. That's awesome. Others of you are already worried about thinking about worry this morning because it's already messing with our minds. I know, I know a lot of people worry occasionally, but then there is a decent chunk of, of our society that people who just really struggle with worrying, in most cases, not because they choose to, it's just the way they're made. They don't decide to be chronic worriers. That's their emotional makeup. And in most cases, they would say, I don't know why that's me, but that's the way my mind, my brain works. They just worry. It doesn't take a lot of research to see that worry is a serious issue in our culture today. Just on the first page of a quick online search, I found these articles that are, get great attention. The first one in the list, when I was looking for worry. Nine steps to chronic worrying. 
nine steps to end chronic worrying, excuse me. That's from WebMD. So this is uh, research with some foundation and concern for the health and well-being of people. The second one, how to stop worrying, self-help strategies for relief of anxieties. The third one, how to stop worrying, nine simple habits. That's on the positivity blog. And then from the Huffington Post, 11 habits of people who never worry. Wouldn't it be nice to be one of those people? And then finally, I found also on WebMD, physical effects of worrying. It's safe to say that if you're a worrier, you're not alone. You're not alone. Now, worries have changed over the centuries, but worry is still worry. An ABC News and Gallup poll just a few years ago showed the top 15 things that have Americans worried. The top five of those included availability and affordability of health care, the economy, the possibility of future terrorist attacks on our country, the social security system, and the size and power of the federal government. Others that made the top 15 included hunger and homelessness, drug use, and the quality of the environment as related to climate change. Contrast this list with the worries that Jesus mentions in the Sermon on the Mount, and you can see that there's a drastic difference. The list from the scripture includes what you will eat or drink, what you will wear, some of the most basic needs in life. Now, I know there are people for whom that's still a concern in life. It's still a worry. But for a lot of people, it's probably not a significant worry um, in this country at this time. I have to be honest and tell you, I don't know when's the last time I actually worried about what I was going to eat unless the worry was, which of the four food groups do I want to choose from? Beef, pork, poultry, seafood. I mean, that's like no worry at all. Or maybe it's, we're going to go somewhere. Are we going to go to Brassards, to Galvins, to Favas, to Cattlemen's? Again, minimal worry. Um, I am not in any way trying to downplay the reality that some folks do have those kind of worries. And we as the people of God should be concerned about reaching, and reaching to and caring for those folks. But for me, worry about those basic things is minimal. The other thing Jesus mentions is what you will wear. I haven't really given that a whole lot of thought or worry either, except for maybe it's like, oh man, I can't wear this today. I wore it last Sunday. Uh, you're, some of you are laughing because you think the same thing, right? I wonder if people will know if I wear this again. Worries. All levels. Major life impacting things. Little things. Everything in between. The worries we encounter today are quite different than the ones Jesus mentioned. But worry is still worry. It's still real and has just as much potential to impact our discipleship as when Jesus spoke these words. 
And it can have some of the same effects that it would have at that time. In the parable of the seeds, or maybe you know it as the parable of the sower, Jesus talks about different soils where seeds are grown. One of those in that parable is the, the thorny ground. Thorny ground who, whose thorns spring up and choke out the seed that had begun to sprout. In explaining that parable in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus said this, The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. It sounds like worrying can prevent healthy growth of the very seed that God plants in our lives to grow the works of God and to help us move forward in our journey of discipleship. Worry can surely get in the way of all that God wants to do in our lives. What do we worry about? A little bit of everything, really. But I found this list also online about the average person's worries over the period of time. An average person's worry is focused this way. 40% of our worries are about things that will never happen. 30% are about things in the past that we can't change. 12% we worry about things related to criticism by others, most of which is probably not true. 10% of our worries are about health, which gets worse when we worry and stress. Only 8% of our worries are about real problems that we'll face in, in our lifetime. So why, why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we do that? No good answer, is there? We can't help it. Nobody chooses it. Back to the original scripture from Matthew 6. What does Jesus say to us? Two or three times in this short passage, Jesus says, don't worry. In verse 25, he said, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And in verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Simple directions from Jesus. Just don't worry. <laughs> Some of you are thinking you might as well say, just don't breathe. I know. Don't worry sounds ridiculous to those who can't help worrying. Understand, I don't believe Jesus is simply dismissing worry as a futile way to spend time and energy. I don't think Jesus really says, ah, just don't worry. This is the Lord. Involved in creating us. He gets it. He understands. He knows our heart and mind, our struggles. Jesus is not saying lightly, just don't worry. He does seem to say, there's a better way. And I want you to know and understand that better way. I have a better thing for you to focus on than worry.
Then comes that Bible verse that's maybe one of the more familiar ones to most, most uh, people in churches today. Matthew 6.33, right in the middle of all these verses about worry, Jesus says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you or given to you as well. Do you hear the direction and the intention of Jesus' words here in a passage about do not worry, don't worry about life, don't worry about food and drink, don't worry about clothes, don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus also tucks in there, seek first the kingdom of God. And all that stuff you can worry about will fall into proper place into the right perspective and God will bless you as you wade through those things once we seek the kingdom first and everything else falls into the right priority. Again, I don't think Jesus is just saying to us, hey, you bunch of silly people, you don't need to worry. I think Jesus is saying putting God first Seeking the kingdom first is a better way. When we do that, all those other things we worry about fall into the right place. All that stuff, all of those things that can be the focus of our worry take on the right perspective when we seek first the kingdom. It's not a denial that worry can exist. It's a reminder of what we need to focus on as primary. It's a reminder of where to invest our emotional and spiritual energy. It's a reminder of what we should really want to give ourselves and our time and our energy to. So hear this call of Jesus not merely as a negative or cautionary statement about worry. Hear it as a positive call to life in the kingdom. And all those things will be given to you as well. That's how verse 33 ends. The great preacher and evangelist E. Stanley Jones wrote this about worry. We are inwardly fashioned for faith, not for fear. Fear is not our native land. Faith is. We are made so that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life. Faith is the oil. We live better by faith and confidence than by fear, doubt, and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, our being is gasping for breath. These are not our native air. But in faith and confidence, we breathe freely. Faith and confidence in our God. They are our native air. I want to encourage you toward our native air this morning. Toward faith and trust in the king as you seek first the kingdom. And as we do that together, 
Moving away from worry that hinders our growth as disciples, moving toward a growing life of faith and confidence in our God in whom all those other things will be cared for. These words in Matthew 6 almost sound like a prescription to me. When there's this situation, when there's this condition or this concern, here's what to do about it. Prescription. Here's what to do. We have choices. One that depends on us and our own ability. One on seeking God and the kingdom of God. Listen to the contrast in the scripture one more time. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. It almost sounds to me like we can do one or the other, but not both at the same time necessarily. And with a one or the other kind of choice to make in this situation, isn't the choice of seek first his kingdom obvious? Isn't that what Jesus is calling us to instead of a life of worry? I think so. The choice to simply not worry may be quite difficult for a lot of us. It's not as simple as just a cognitive or rational decision to say, oh, I just won't worry anymore. And have you ever tried that? Doesn't work so well, does it? But what if, rather than choosing not to do something, in this case worry, what if we purposely choose to seek first the kingdom and let everything else be taken care of? Instead of choosing don't do this and choose to purposely do this. What if we purposely choose to seek the kingdom and to trust the king. Deciding not to worry is often fruitless. So rather than try not worrying, together, beside each other, walking together so that we're reminded we're not alone, let's choose to intentionally Seek first the kingdom and believe that everything else falls into the proper place and the king of the kingdom leads and guides us so that those things we once worried about now no longer distract us from our primary goal of becoming constantly maturing disciples of Jesus Christ. Don't worry. Easier said than done. But Jesus says, I have a better way. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That is God's call for us today. It is God's offer of the best for us. Let's choose that. 
purposely this morning and let the worry fall into the proper perspective. Would you pray with me? Lord, we don't always, we don't always want to worry. We don't always choose to worry. But it seems to creep into our lives. Would you free us from those things that weigh so heavily on our hearts that they cause us to worry deeply? As we hear your word in the scripture, we hear the invitation to choose other than worry and to choose seeking you first. God, give us grace that we might purposely choose the kingdom and the king. When things weigh heavy on our hearts, give us Jesus. When worry creeps in and tries to take over, give us Jesus. When things seem out of control and all we can do intentionally or not is worry, give us Jesus, the King whose kingdom we seek above all else. Give us Jesus. It's in his holy name we pray. Amen.